everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Do you guys want to go to the Sugar Bowl? Yes. 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 What's your favorite part about the Sugar Bowl? Donuts. Um, I know the lollipops. My favorite thing was the decorations. What's the decorations? Decorations. What decorations do you like the best? I like the flags. And I like um the thing um that you have to take his hat off. Oh, the little Uncle Sam. Yeah. What's your favorite season of decorations? I would say (laughs) Easter. Easter? Christmas. Christmas. Fourth of July. Christmas and Halloween. What's your favorite thing to eat at the Sugar Bowl? Mm, my favorite thing to eat at the Sugar Bowl um, was the French fries. Chicken no, like nuggets. No, I said the lollipops. No, the ketchup. The ketchup. My favorite thing was my hot dog and the hot chocolate. There Both you go. Liesl, come here. Tell me in the microphone, what's your favorite thing to eat at the Sugar Bowl? What'd you eat? Uh, I eat, um... I eat on cheese. <laughs> yeah. A grilled cheese and French fries? Yes. And I have one more favorite thing. That it was the donuts. Yes, Mr. Brian's donuts. Those are awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And who runs the sugar bowl? Mr. Bob. Mr. Bob. That's right. Mr. Bob. What's your favorite restaurant in Darien? And that says it all. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Today is Wednesday, April 21st, and we have Bob Mazza, Brian Mickelson, and Tony Pereira of the Sugar Bowl coming in to talk with us. And over the last couple of months, we brought the kids in a few times, and uh, we just had to ask them what they thought of the Sugar Bowl. So there you have it. Kids in this town and adults in this town love the Sugar Bowl. It's been an icon in Darien since 1958 when Bob's mom bought the restaurant, and From what we understand, Bob took over in 1977, so it's been in town for over 60 years, and he's been there almost 45. I mean, this this place is truly a part of Darien's heritage. I know. I mean, you just said it so beautifully there. I I don't think I have anything else to really add, Taylor. My gosh. But I I want to throw one quote at you. Like in our excitement in talking about Bob coming on and just this is what we wanted to have was one of our first interviews. Um, We've asked a lot of people around town their thoughts on the Sugar Bowl. And David Genevieve was in here last week and he gave a, a quote that I need to throw out. He said, that place is the center of our community. Bobby knows everything in Darien before just about anyone. So if you want to know what's happening, go to the Sugar Bowl and ask Bobby. I personally miss the years of taking my kids there for chocolate chip pancakes every Saturday morning, but I still love to see the young families in front and all the old school politics people in back. The men's groups that read the Bible there, the kids on the dates, and the guys who sing Christmas carols every year. The Sugar Bowl represents the best of small town America. I love that. Me I too. love it. Me too. So without any further delay, Bob, Brian, and Tony, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for sharing a microphone, Bob and Tony. Oh, no, Brian and Tony. We're going to see how this goes. we got three of you sharing two microphones. So we'll see how this quality goes. Thanks again for coming. Thank you for having us. You guys are really, you are the heart and soul of this community. You were probably the first person I wanted to interview. And Liz, where do we want to start with this? I think. Well, why don't you guys tell us like what you would, your self-designated titles are at the Sugar Bowl? Well, I'm the owner, obviously. <laughs> owner. And do you say owner, manager, owner? He's the manager. Okay. Which well, one? Tony? Tony. Yeah, I'm the Tony. I'm the man of the Sugar Bowl. Okay. And I'm 
As you guys just found out, I'm the one make the donuts in the morning. <laughs> yes, my mistake. They are not Mr. Brian's donuts. They're Mr. Tony's donuts. I'll have to clear that up with my kids. You make those every day? No, or not on every weekends? Day. Not every day, just Saturday and Sunday mornings. How long does it take to make donuts? It's between about um, in one hour to an hour and a half. If you guys come around like at 6.30 in the morning, you guys can see me doing the donuts right over there in the front. But he has it down like a science. I mean, I'm it's sure. just automatic. My kids love them. I know. They're old-fashioned. We make them small primarily for the children. Because they're not going to eat those and not eat breakfast. Right. It was like shooting myself in the foot. Right. A good donut and a lollipop. My kids are done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I probably make about between um, 160 to 200 donuts every Saturday and every month. We basically give them away. That's amazing. You do, yeah. They just come out. I mean, people are... It's the little things in life that people... Are pleased with you're not going to see that at Dunkin' Donuts or no, coffee. Exactly. Meat. No, if you offer something free, people will come. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Brian, I thought it was yours because you do all the baking, right? Yeah, I, I bake cakes and cookies for the restaurant. And in special orders, like if you order a carrot cake for a birthday cake, he makes cakes to take home. I didn't know we could do that, but yeah, that's fantastic. I make the best carrot cake in the world. I believe it. So how much time do you spend baking every week? I do it for relaxation. I do it five days a week. That's awesome. Are you guys all in like a five-day-a-week schedule? Yes. No, you're four days. I'm four. Got it. And what time in the morning are you getting up? Well, since the pandemic, we've opened later because no one's commuting. So we used to open at 6, and then we got to the quarter to 5. Now we open at 7. So to me, it's a whole new world. I wasn't making any money in those two hours anyway, so it was a smart move for everyone. All my help was happy. You're getting more sleep. That's why you look so young and healthy. Do you still walk to the train station every morning to get papers? No, they took it away. Now I go across the street to the gas station. They closed everything in the train station. And that's going to be gone soon, too. I used to go every day, 6.05, 5.05, and get four New York Times, four Daily News, four... $25 in papers every day. That's awesome. So that's one of the impacts of the COVID, and we could get right into that. Like, Talk to us about what it's been like to manage the Sugar Bowl during this difficult time. Oh, it's time. horrible. I mean, fortunately, I've been able to bring back all my help except one, and the one was a dishwasher, and the reason I didn't bring it back because we're still using cardboard. And when do you think you'll go back to using the real plates? Soon. I mean, that's, I mean, by May 15th, everything's going to be... Yeah, things are going to get easier, hopefully, for someone, you guys. Someone mentioned that um, there was a COVID fund for... Uh, oh, yeah, Bowl. I did so a GoFundMe page. We raised over $40,000. You did? I thought we'd get... Who yeah, started I thought we'd that? get about eight or ten. And it just kept going. And even after it was done, people still came in and gave me checks to split up with the help. That's so Most nice. recently, a man came in and gave me, he goes to me, I want to put this in your fund. I said, we've finished that. He goes, here's 500 Give it to your help. That's I mean, awesome. It was so genuine. Brian, yeah, like uh, Tony or Brian, what did you guys think um, when COVID hit and, you know, you couldn't even work at the restaurant? What, I mean, how did you guys feel? What did you guys do about payroll? And- we were... It was just like a vacation for a while. It was like we were in limbo, and there was nothing doing. Some were able to get unemployment. Yeah. But that's nothing. Right. And so what, what did Bob tell you guys what was happening that time? Like, what was the communication among you all? Well, I didn't draw a salary for 11 months, so I gave my money to them. Aww. I kept everyone paid. 
I mean, at my age, I'm, my future's already pretty, pretty secure. So I was able to keep them all happy. Yeah, because they, they're all young families with children and stuff. So, you know, when we close, I didn't take everything in the restaurant. They take all the food because I didn't know if we were going to be closed for a week or a year. They got rid of it. So I, I was a lost soul. I went there every single day. Because I had no place to go. What? You didn't know, know what else to do with your yeah. <laughs> your routine was so, set. We cleaned everything in the restaurant from top to bottom. Really? With a toothbrush. Oh my gosh. It was, it was the cleanest place in town. Which which begs this the most important question that I'm burning to ask is like talk to us about the decorations. Like where are they? Well, they're <laughs> kind of all over. The boat right now, Jerry Nielsen from Nielsen's. Yeah. And Thorndike Circle gave me a, a nice chunk of space. So I, I had, do you know a woman by the name of Pat Atkins? Pat Atkins? She's 94. Yeah. She's, she's, we call her mother. She's been like a stepmother to us for years. No children, widow. So she let me keep it in her house, but she has a crawl space. And it's so difficult oh, to crawl tough. up in there. Yeah. So Jerry felt sorry and gave me some. But my cousin has a two-car garage. Where else do we have it? It's a lot. Yeah, but Christmas alone is 75 plastic storage bins. I, I guess, yeah. And so how Halloween long does it take you to like take one down and Takes put a new one up? eight of us. Halloween eight is people. 100 bins? Christmas. Yeah. Probably. Halloween's the biggest. Halloween is the most. Oh, really? It used right, to be. Right now, we cut it down a lot of the decoration. We don't put, it, we don't put, every, we don't put everything anymore because it would became like uh, overdoing so much. But... Uh, it but people are glad to see that we're still People see stuff this year and may yeah. not see next year because we're just trying to rotate what we have. is a lot and takes a long time. How long does it take to take one season down and put a new one up? Oh, do it in two days. Before, you used to do Halloween, it was about two days or maybe three days because we used to... Because we have to take all the old stuff before. down and pack it up. Yeah. yeah. Put it back in store and then bring the new stuff. And you're still open now. Yeah, you're open right? seven do it days after a week, two right? o'clock. Okay. Yeah, we we do it in the afternoon. After three o'clock, and we stay there till like eight o'clock, and then I take them all out for pizza, or Rory's, or someplace. So we just, take it down in the afternoon, and usually bring the new stuff in right after that, so we have it there. And then the next day, we try and spend the three to six o'clock hours putting. We have friends who come in and help every holiday. Good come and help decorate and help us do it. What, because, out of like just charity goodwill well, or they, they like it? I buy them breakfast, lunch. No, they like yeah. it. Some they enjoy. And yeah, some fun. of the customers came in and they didn't like it at all. They helped one time and they told us, it's not for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only handle that? doing my Christmas tree once a year and I'm like, oh, enough of that. Wait, so someone, how do you actually get the decorations from these places to yeah, the buildings? Trips minutes. in our cars, several trips. So all you a couple trips, we, like yeah. four or five trips in the car. One guy has a, a pickup truck. If he's around, I use his truck. That's the best. You need like can't a U-Haul. Bank on him. I do need a U-Haul. That's, okay, so, and what, what's you guys' favorite season? I like Halloween. That's my favorite season. I like the one we have now, Patriotic, because it's up the longest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason to like it. It was kind of like when we do the flags, it, for, it basically for us, for me and Brian, we do yeah, one up all, and down. All the we customers like, okay, like We're it. doing this because we're going to have about three months vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. From the decorations. And how did you all meet? Because wait, wait, actually, we should set that up. So Brian and, and Tony, tell us how long you've worked at the Sugar Bowl and how you first met Bob. Well, they've been around the Sugar Bowl. They didn't actually work there, but being my friends, they've been around in 30, 40 years 
helping on days of need. You can tell them. Well, I've worked at the Sugar Bowl 15 years. Full time? When did you yeah. leave the River Cafe? 2013. So that's seven years full time. Yeah. I was a dining room captain at the River Cafe for 30 years. Where's the River Cafe? In Brooklyn, under the bridge, that famous oh, restaurant. Oh, okay. Okay, wow. And you came on as, what do you call yourself? I'm a waiter, baker. <laughs> Best waiter, baker, and Darien. Spiritual guidance for General Bobby. errand runner. I love it. And, and Tony, when we, we came there for Breakfast with the Kids, and you had said you've been kind of working there part-time or something for... For probably... I know you're 33 years. years. 30, about 30 years. And Tell me how you met me. I met him in the train. Well, this is a good story. <laughs> I bought a new car. It was 1988, to be exact. And so I went to the dealer to make an appointment to bring the car. He goes, well, I can actually do it tomorrow. And I said, well, how do I get back to Westport from here? He goes, take the train. I said, oh, I never thought of that. So I left my car there, and I got on the train. And Tony was sitting across me in black and white, which usually is a restaurant outfit. But I didn't know he was Brazilian. I thought he was Spanish. Someone over in my bad Spanish spoke to him and said, are you looking for a job? Basically, so I said, here's my card. Several months later, he called me. And we've been friends for 33 years. And I haven't taken the train since then. The one time he took the train. One time. In 30 years. <laughs> but here's another story. He had passed. One night, I'm like, oh, Mother Hubbard. Everybody leaves. I check everything. The refrigerator. And I was about to leave. And I realized I didn't change the filters in the central air. I said, I better do it now while I'm thinking about it. So I went in the kitchen. I got on a stool versus a ladder. I got up in the... I fell off, broke both my wrists, my nose, and 12 ribs. Oh, my God. And I was laying on the ground. The lights are out. I locked the doors. All I could think of, they're going to be in the dairy times. Call Tony. <laughs> no, so, I called, so I had my cell phone. I called him. I said, take me to the hospital. I don't want to call the ambulance. I don't want to call Post 53. It'll be all over Darien. And my cousin was the head of the ER. She lives in Darien in Stanford. So we called her, and she took me right in. So I was out of work for six weeks with cats and both hands. Oh These two God. worked their, their, their regular we jobs. Both we didn't close the sugar bowl one day. Full-time job in doing a sugar bowl. Sugar bowl never closed one day. Wow. And, and tell them about the funny part. How's Bob? Oh, oh, the best part is that we would be crazy busy, just off the charts. We're dead. And the customers are always asking how Bob is. How's, how's he doing? I see he's fine. He's sitting by the pool, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he's loving life. He's doing Enjoy better than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slaving. I'm working nights at the River Cafe and days at the Sugar Bowl. Right. You, you, you thought about hopping on a stool yourself and jumping <laughs> off, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, the deal was, it's like, uh, uh, on my other job, I didn't start until like about 10 o'clock. So I used to get up about like 4 o'clock in the morning, go to the Sugar Bowl, work until 10 o'clock. Brian come in and release me for me to go to work. When he finished Sugar Bowl, he was going to New York. And so when I was finished my work, I had to drive all the way to Westport to help him. Oh. I couldn't take a shower. I couldn't do anything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, please, Tony, tell me you weren't helping Bob take a shower, were you? Yeah. You guys are this close. You guys are really close. Oh, this is a family. This is such a... He has broke. Hands broke. <laughs> <laughs> just, I had a cast of both you, hands. Even though it's a podcast, I think our viewers have a visual here, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so 
sold for like Bob, oh, I'm sorry, like Brian Mainz. Everybody was asking Brian. And he was getting uh, hundreds and hundreds in cards. Oh, cards. And Brian and I were slaving over there. Everybody didn't even ask, how are you doing? Yeah. We were like <laughs> falling apart. They wanted to make a postcard and put it on the back of their back. We're fine. Brian, <laughs> Bob's <laughs> fine. How are we doing? <laughs> I, was, I, work, I was working the printing, so I ended up printing his name and address in small paper and put it over there for the customer to take because we're getting tired to write it down the address oh that's a stair so people just come in and grab like a card out of a bucket basically that's his information to contact to him stuff for him, him oh that's fantastic I got over 500 responses uh, see Bob you came in here and you said I don't know why you want to interview uh, interview us doesn't that alone say it you are yeah. like the, one of the heart, you are the heartbeat of Darien why do we want to interview you well, I, I was listening to the other interviews. And I thought, These are so political, and I'm really not politically involved. Oh, I God, try please to don't say that. that They're not meant to be. I try to be neutral so that <laughs> I can't good. take sides with either or, because you're always defending somebody. You know? No, this podcast is definitely about the town and the character of the town and the people that make it great, and you're three of them right here, so thank, thank you. you. Although, you know what's a funny thing? You mentioned the, po- the political thing. I've heard like you know about your... Your place being the place to go to hear the beat of oh, Darien. Yeah. You got like a from one of my good friends in town, uh, Marion Castell is the town historian, and she said back in the eighties when she was a Slackman, people would come there mm. after the Slackman meetings. They would come there and talk and kind of like and kind of shoot back and relax. And still to today, you have people coming and talking, po- talking everything, uh, Bible groups, politics, more religious but, groups than ever. But what was name Jack? Um, the one who was running for election. And he, did his campaign right Jack Archuli. Jack Archuli. Do you know the name? I do know him, yeah. He was running for Congress or something. So he used his campaigning officers as a sugar bowl. Oh, my it, gosh. It was amazing. We took pictures all, you know. Yeah, so how can you say you're not political when you constantly have people well, doing I political... Well, my opinion and what I thought of it. <laughs> okay. Being that I wasn't able to vote, they weren't interested. You welcome everyone. Yes. So talk to us about some of your customers. like, And, and actually, maybe we should go back about the, the luncheonette definition. What is the difference between a luncheonette and a diner? Well, number one, a luncheonette only serves breakfast and lunch. A diner is usually open 20, no more, but it used to be open 24 hours, and they serve three meals. But it's, it's very 50s and 60s. When my mother bought the Sugar Bowl, there were eight other luncheonettes. Right next to the movie theater was the sweet shop, then there was one in Goodwise, a sandwich shop. There was, used to be a, a silver diner right now where the bagel store is. Oh, man. And there was one next to the firehouse where the Adams furniture used to be. And they were just all over. They just couldn't, couldn't survive. So how did you survive? How did you compete? My mother was smart. She bought the business first. About a year or two later, she bought the building, which she wasn't really interested in. But a realtor friend had said to her, it's for sale, and a lot of them, a lot of people that own property don't want restaurants in them because of fire insurance. So you better buy it. So she bought it. The whole building. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just smart because, like, the, during this whole pandemic, if I didn't own the building, I had no mortgage, no, no rent. Yeah. So I was able to, to give my money away to help other people, which we did. Yeah. We did. I have a lot of really, most of my friends are my customers. Like, we had two couples over there, and we'd go out to dinner. I went to Cabo St. Lucas with Dennis and Susan. It was, they're like family, you know. Is that where the tan comes from? The what? Your tan. Uh, no, I sat by my pool yesterday for four hours. <laughs> I mean, but it's there all year round. Oh, well, that's electric <laughs> He's beach. lying. He does ah. shake and bang. Yeah, I go to electric beach. Ah. And then he goes, where's that? I never heard of it. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> 
Well, it's true with your work ethic. I would wonder how you have time for anything. So yeah, Brian tells everybody to shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake, baby. <laughs> I love it. Um, how did your mom afford to buy the sugar bowl in 1958? Like, or 19, by that time, 1960? Well, my father worked for a pharmaceutical company called Denver Laboratories, and she she used to be a nanny. And back in those days, they didn't call them nannies. She was used to babysit for special people. And she decided she wanted to do something different. And someone was working at the Sugarwell Center. It's a good place to work. She goes, well, I don't want to work there. She went on. He said, why don't you work it for a year and see what you think? At the end of the year, she saw the potential. So she bought it. And then two years later, she, she bought her house. She put three boys through college, graduate school. She's way ahead of her time. So did you look up to your mom or your dad more? Like My mother. Why? No, my father was there. I gave her a lot of credit. She she had three kids. She ran a business. She worked hours on it, and she had time for us. You know, she made time. We used to go up there for breakfast on our way to school, so we got to see her for breakfast. Are there yeah. any recipes now that were hers that you're using? A that ton of them? No, or? we use Brian's now. Like we, it's more up to date. We make he makes the meatballs and the meatloaf and sausages and. Well, the, the egg salad, tuna salad, and chicken salad are still pretty much the same. They're classics. Yeah. Celery and mayonnaise is the main ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> but you do make that fresh every oh, day, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. See, we rather run out than have anything left over, so we're pretty good at figuring out how much we're going to use. What Bob doesn't mention is that his mother defined the word crusty dame. <laughs> she, was, she was a piece of work. <laughs> We heard she, she used to get upset with you for dropping dishes and not being fast enough as a short order cook. No, not really. No, I was her favorite of the three kids. So. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Where are your brothers? You talk about she put three brothers in. Well, one of my brothers just passed away in the last year. He had Louis bodies. I'm he was sorry. a saint of all saints, and uh, I mean, I lost my best friend. Oh, I'm sorry. My other brother, where we had kind of an amicable split, and we haven't spoken in 18 years. Wow. He was my twin brother, actually. Oh, my gosh. You have yeah. a twin brother you haven't yeah. talked to in 18 years? Identical yeah, twin? What? An identical twin? No, fraternal. But I'd rather not go there because it, it brings up bad memories. But so but you, when your mom first got sick and you came to run the Sugar Bowl, why did you get the phone call versus your other brothers? Or did all three of you get the well, phone no call? No one else really was interested he was the at favorite. the time. He was the favorite. Well, they weren't. I didn't really want it either. I was working at Bergdorf's <laughs> in the Great. city. That's why you're always so well-dressed. So, um... I, I I didn't really want it, but uh, I went there for two weeks, and then it, 43 years later, still there. That is amazing. Yeah, 71 as of last week. You're in your prime, my friend. 71? So what's with the 75th birthday photos? Oh, that we was saw? Susan Nix. <laughs> you know, Susan Nix. <laughs> that was a joke, someone. Years <laughs> ago, a woman I know got up on the roof and hung a sheet over the building to happy... Bob's happy 50th birthday, now it's 40. Oh, God. So everyone who drove by the building came in the rest of happy birthday. Said, where, are they, where are they seeing this? It's as big as Hollywood on the building. That is so funny. Everyone's like, you look good, 50, man. <laughs> <laughs> you do still look great. Wait, so go back to what Taylor was saying. She asked about like people that come in. Like, I'm kind of curious. You've been there so long that you must now, there must be people in Darien like, David Genovese, who we just had on, or um, Jamie, or people who are now... Well, I know um, Jamie had her five kids, I remember, from, from the first one to the boy at number five. Yeah. Okay. So now, now I'm having children come back, like, 
that they're growing up to bring in their kids, like totally. second generation. So it's a little spooky, you know. And you knew these people almost as, when they were young, too, yeah, when they yeah, were yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, now, now they're not young. <laughs> is that, but I know they're children. Is it funny to see them as adults and, like, you know, like you affecting change in this town? Well, it's nice that they're able to come back to town because a lot of people can't afford to live here. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's a, it's a second generation of kids growing up learning their table manners at the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> really? Might need a little, a little tutorial on that. Uh, I have to say, the kids overall are very, very polite and very well-mannered, uh, which is unusual of any town, but they're, here they're particularly good kids. 95% of the kids come to the Sugar Bowl. They all have a good manners. All they all have credit cards, all too. Have a credit card. They're right. all very well spoken, very well educated. They know how to behave at the table. The mothers tell me the reason they have credit cards is because they know where their kids are. They can, when they Makes charge sense. something, they're, well, we're right. at the yeah. Super Bowl, we're over here. <laughs> you know, it's funny, even before this, like today, so... In preparation for the interview, we just were talking to a couple friends today and saying, you know, the excitement, you guys are all coming on. And um, uh, a friend of ours, you know, a great leader in town, John Cini, who's been uh, chair of our PNZ and now he's on the board of Ed, he's always giving back. He said he popped by there this morning and he brought his dog and he went and sat outside. And within oh, a couple yeah, minutes, yeah. you walked out with a hot dog for his, for his puppy <laughs> and water. Oh. See, but this is the stuff you do, you guys. This is why Sugar Bowl is oh, so very special. personal. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I think half the reason people go there because it's very. I mean, there's a lot of places I wouldn't go by myself. You know, and if they go and say, "You see, there's Liz, and Liz will see you over there. You meet friends there. Yeah, totally. they come there to read the paper, or check their their laptop. You know, they want ten minutes of silence. Yeah, which they'll never get when my kids are in there. <laughs> no, no. I, well, and the other story about today, Taylor and I, we remember talking about this. I had uh, my electrician come over before I came here. He was running in. I'm like, I gotta go. I'm gonna leave you at the house. I gotta go. I'll see you later. And it was Dennis who runs Dairy and Electric, and he's like, Where are you going? I'm like, I, You know, I'm gonna go record this podcast. My friend Taylor and I kind of started a town podcast. And he goes, Oh, are you talking to Bob today, Bobby? I go. Yeah. And he goes, I was just there this morning seeing Bobby. <laughs> he's over there every morning. Every morning coffee. he's there. Every morning. Before we open, he's there. Having his decaf coffee. But I, I saw the sign about 10 o'clock. So I called him. I have everyone's phone number, too. So I called him up and I said, hey, Dennis, I forgot to tell you this. Karen's favorite soup. Karen, and his he, wife. Yeah. So, so um, he goes, well, really, what is it? Is it pea soup? He goes, well, let me call her. And if she wants it, I'll come and get it. And she came and got it. Again, the personal touch, Taylor. That's so awesome. I know. You know all your, your people. Well, that's part of the... I don't know how to explain it. It's just makes, I feel like I'm at home when I'm there. Yeah, but we know, have so I'll sit down with the customers and... What? We have customers that will call this one guy. We called him Mr. Personality for a couple of weeks because <laughs> he was very standoffish. But then we get a couple words out of him one day and a couple more words the next day and... Before long, we've got his whole life story. Who, the older guy? The older white-haired guy. Yeah, he was kind of... We don't even know his name. And, he, and we've got his whole life story. Well, he told me his wife died three years ago. He's living with another woman, but it's not the love of his life. And he was working in the city. <laughs> I sure hope she's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> no names will be disclosed. Is. And there's another thing, too. Most of the time when we're three talking, we can remember that 
the person's name will tell what they eat. And then we the all food. know. So, you know, someone eat this. Oh, and he's the oh, ham and eggs yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's food. funny. You're like, oh, yeah, did the eggs guy come in today? <laughs> when my brother worked there, he didn't know anybody. Unless you played golf, he had no interest in anybody. But... Um, so we'd uh, so you know that lady that sits up front that has an English muffins and poached eggs? Oh, yeah. We would never know her name. <laughs> That's so strange. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of Cosmo comes in, we just say, we're going to have the usual. We know exactly what they have. That is amazing. I have another question for you guys. How has Darian changed over the years? What's the, one of the more disappointing changes? But tell me one of the, some of the best changes. I think there's too much money here. That's the problem. Has that changed the town? Oh, I mean, now the house is now a million dollar house is nothing in Darien. In the old no. days, you, yeah, okay. I moved to Westport in 1984, and we were looking at houses in Darien. And at that time, you got more bang for your buck in Westport. But now Westport is just like, I mean, the houses. Yeah. Have the people changed at all, though, or are they pretty much the same? No, no, I, I mean, I get along with everybody. Most people are very nice. I couldn't, out of nine out of ten people, I'd say they're great. Uh, in my opinion, what the biggest change is going to happen is now, after the pandemic, because a lot of people moved to town. Yeah. New Yorkers. Even those young people, uh, people from New York or people from other things. A lot of people, a lot of the realtors bring them to the show so you can get the level that... Exactly. Do they get it, though? Like, are out-of-towners, do they... I mean, when I first... They like the charm, but I don't know whether they understand it and how lucky they are, because if I couldn't afford to be there, I'd have been long gone. I want it, when I get out of there, I would like to keep it continued. I think Darian needs that, that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. so that's a good question. So what, what is your succession plan? When? I mean, no, what? Oh, gosh, don't put a date on it. Yeah. Don't scare me. <laughs> Unless you're looking to retire yeah. and hit the pool every day. I, was, I had planned to retire a couple of years ago, but after the pandemic, that changed everything because I said, I'm not ready for this to stay home and putts in the yard and gardens. I like to travel, but you can't even do that now. Right. I know. So do you have a date? So you're not eager to stop what you're doing because no, it's I'm here. more interested now in building the business back up so it would appeal to somebody to run it because mm-hmm. I mean, we had a great business till March 10th and then the 11th it went like this right but fortunately I, I'm smart economically so it wasn't I mean I don't know anyone a nickel so I love I'm it. able to succeed you know, you know you talk about being smart uh, uh, economically but I think extension of that is you're very charitable and you don't talk about it. So can I put you on the spot and go out of your comfort zone and tell us some of the charity work you do? Oh, we had the fundraiser for, remember we did the pictures? Oh yeah, when we all... YouTube. Yeah, when we have the movie about Sugar Bowl and everything, we will raise the money and we gave to the charity. All the money came for people, came for the party the night for see the movie, the premiere of the movie. And we do raise money, and we donate for the charity, everything. Everything you... There's a guy that worked for Cannon Fitzgerald. 100% went to the charity. Amazing. The guy that works, uh, he worked for uh, Cannon Fitzgerald right after 9-11. And I know him as a customer of the county. He was really in the dilemma. The banks were all closed. No one could get money. Yeah. So he said to me, I need $10,000. I gave it to him. He was like, I only know him as over the counter. 
Wow. So he was here today. He goes, I'll never forget this because no one else will give me the money. You let me 10000 without any. Wow. That's amazing. So what charity were you donating to? Maybe I missed that. Um, oh, what's person. the one across from? Uh, person to person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Person to person. And what else? I, mean, there, I know there's a lot more than that. That was just one example. There's many. I can't yeah. think and, of all of them. Uh, and we used to help. The, oh, we did for toys for kids. Toys for mm-hmm. kids with kids. Yeah, you all know Haven House. We did that for several years. And what they didn't donate, I substituted. And if they didn't get enough gifts, then I contributed more. You gave your Thank own you. personal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have kids, so I, lo- I love to get take care of kids. You know what? You can watch my kids any day of the week you want, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you get off work, you come to my house. <laughs> well, summer's here, they can hang out at the we, pool. We get customers asking if they can leave their kids with us. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the know, answer right? to that, Brian? <laughs> Well, we have we're fully staffed. We're fully staffed. You guys really don't have any local teenagers working there, right? No, they don't even. Uh, I, I, it's funny you say that. I had a call last Thursday, and the woman said, the young girl said, Are you hiring part time help? And I said, Well, when, are you looking, when school gets out now, never. Sort of got. When I was younger, we had kids all the time work weekends. But those kids play tennis, sail. They have all the, you know, the schedule. Yep. Opportunities that a lot of kid, working kids. But I always say to the parents, what you need to teach your kids most, mostly is the value of a dollar. And they're so used to, they're so used to go, Ma, give me 20 bucks, 50 bucks. My parents didn't do that. We used to, as kids, Christmas time, my father, you can go to the sports shop, you can charge $100. He would never give us the money. He wanted to see what we bought with the, the money. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that goes actually back to my question. Darian, did you find when you grew up here, I know you worked from the beginning. Eight years old. Was that a product of the times or is that just your family? No, they were, they were since they were working, they, we wanted to go there. We wanted to help out. They paid yeah. us. We got to eat. Did other kids work that you went to school with? Did they, other, your other friends no, have jobs? My, or my you... two brothers. Well, only my twin brother, but mostly me. My older brother was always involved in athletics, so he didn't, couldn't work. All right. And your mom got sick, right? Yeah, she came down with uh, lung cancer. But for a year, they misdiagnosed it. And when they finally discovered it, she died like six weeks later. It actually was a blessing because she was only 60. She was young. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. And I just went to, um, I can't think of Prost- cancer I had. Prostate cancer. So I went through that. It's been four years, so I got a clean bill of health. Congratulations. Wow, That's I didn't good. know that. And I, didn't, I went, I had 50 radiations. I went every day. I went to work, and then I went for the radiation, came back, went back to work. Didn't miss a day of work. That is wow. amazing. That's amazing. You love it. I used to bring all the nurses and doctors breakfast. So the guy goes, when you leave here, we're going to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> they want you to stay six. <laughs> so they used to wheel me right in because I was probably one of the younger patients. So I would go right into the, because it took most of the other people longer to get undressed and dressed than the actual treatment. So they used to say, come on, come on. So, that is hysterical. So I, even now, like I, I go up to the, like my accountants in Derry and I bring, I'll bring up a tray of sandwiches to them, the jewelry store, the car wash. I do this all the time. I mean, yeah, this is your charity work, because I'm saying as well, like, you know, beyond just like a traditional, what a traditional charity looks like, you guys are always giving away food and helping people. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, and also a lot of moms in, uh, from town comes and ask for 
for help or when they have an auction or something, like for gift Like the car wash says, I, I need 100 sandwiches. Oh my goodness! And, and you guys I give them to him. You're like no problem. Always, yeah. We always give a donation for the for the for the town. Wow! And so, like, give give us some numbers. How many uh, eggs are you going through in the morning? How many pancakes? Like, maybe we should say Saturday it's morning. It's hard to say now because it's different. Oh, but prior to on the good days, we do like 3,500 eggs a week. 3,500 eggs a week. Figure three or four eggs an omelet. Yes. Four or five hundred pounds of bacon a week. Oh my god, that's that's gross. And, I don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about flour? You bakers. No, it's a different special mix for eggs. I mean, we don't it's a different special, but not uh, flour. Before, um, probably about like a four to a five case of uh, pancake mix per week. Cases. Yes. How big is Twelve the case? in the case. Oh boy. Twelve boxes. Uh, the cases case. are probably about like a sixty pound. Right? Sixty pounds in a case. Sixty pounds in a case. My gosh, it's ridiculous. So much food. There's a lot of pancake. <laughs> and Brian, I know you are battling Parkinson's. Do you want to talk about that? How many years? It's been nine years since I was diagnosed. Tell him how you found out. You. I asked him. I asked him if he was having a stroke because he was kind of limping. If something's you're not right, I don't know if something's wrong. He went to the doctors, and the doctor said, you're not going to want to hear what I have to tell you. He said, sit down, right? Yeah, he said, this is not going to be good, but there's a diagnosis of Parkinson's. And I thought, what's that? <laughs> I, I had no idea. And come to find out, there's no real test for Parkinson's. It's just a clinical diagnosis. So I but you also had no sense of smell, and, and to this day, no sense of smell or taste. Yeah, I do it all by feel. Really? Wow. Yeah. I have a sweet tooth that's still there. I can still taste sweets, so that's why I gravitate to bacon. For spicy food. Spicy food, yeah. That's that amazing. is so cool. Wait, so is a, a symptom of Parkinson that you lose taste and smell? Yes. That's yeah. the beginning. You, you don't always, Parkinson's doesn't always involve tremors. It's, I always say my worst symptoms are not visible because it's a brain disease. It is. Yeah. I didn't know. It takes him like a half hour to get in and out of bed to lift the, the muscles in the legs. So, do you, so do, what does working do for you in relation to having Parkinson's? Keeps my motor skills active. I find that buttoning shirts, small motor skills are hell, and you have to keep doing them. Otherwise, you lose it. Wow. It's tough. I, I take a whole cocktail. So sugar ball has lots of issues. <laughs> <laughs> but it's running along just great. We all do. No one would ever know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> That's true. Coming to my house the same way. <laughs> um, I got to ask the mustaches. I've yeah. had mine since 1970. I mean, you're in Bob Selleck territory, my friend. <laughs> I had to shave once when I grew into fraternity. They shaved half. Oh, my so gosh. I shaved the whole thing. Uh, my two brothers, we all had mustaches. Really? But Brian, yeah. yours is new, right? No. No, I've had my mustache since... The beard's new. The beard is new. Really? I've had my mustache since I graduated from high school in 1970. 1971, I grew a mustache. Oh, my gosh. It was a big handlebar. <laughs> was it more trim earlier it like, when I first met you? 
Yeah. Not as long. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you have any good famous people stories in the Sugar Bowl? Oh, there's several people over the years. Well, you, you were talking to Susan Schultz about um, who's the guy that lived over on Peach Hill Road uh, on, on 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, Pelly, Scott Pelly. He used to come in and have his egg white omelet. He would sit in the front tables with his back to the room so you couldn't see him. Smart. Yeah, so he was most recent. Uh, there's several people, though. Harry Connor Jr. used to come to the show. Harry Connor Jr. Oh, really? He lives in Stanford, and now he's in New Canaan. We had two kids. He used to come. You couldn't know this to look at him, but when you heard the voice, you knew it was him. Who was the real curmudgeonly guy who was on 60 Minutes? He passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I lived in row eight, and um, was, they used to close 60 Minutes. Right. You know, the old guy. Rooney. Andy Rooney? Yeah. Andy Rooney. Howard Costell used to come there years ago. Howard Cosell, his daughter lived in Darien many years ago. No He's, kidding. There were numerous people over the years. I, I try treating like normal people. What are your funniest or worst stories with a customer? Oh, this is, my mother was alive. You love this. <clears throat> it was the difference in clientele now versus now to then. Then it was very white collar, lawyers, doctors. It was a whole different element. And this woman was giving me a hard time. But she didn't know that my mother was the owner and I was her son. And she, she started to get up and started screaming and yelling at me. For something mundane, I can't even remember. My mother came out from the counter and said, listen, you know one talks to my, no one talks to my son like that, especially you. And you see, you, she said, there's the front door and I want to see you walk out. Wow. But everyone, everybody in the place clapped. It Go, was so Mom. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You were her favorite. <laughs> Mama Bear. You're not gonna, if I'm going to yell, it'll be, it'll be her, not you. The funniest story I know, I know from Bob's mother is I used to live with this old man. It was uh, Bill Thompson. And he told me one day he came to the Sugar Bowl to have a lunch. And some guy came in and asked his mother, you want a hamburger rare? So she cooked a hamburger for him and gave, it was not rare enough for him. So she went back to the kitchen, get a, a raw hamburger and put it in the bun and served to him and said, this is rare enough for you? <laughs> that was his mother. What did he do? I don't know, that's the story I know. So that's how your mom was, she's that kind of you know, woman? I, you know, most people, over the years I've gotten several job offers. They think I'm an employee. So they have, <laughs> They want to hire me away from the restaurant. I said, I'm actually the owner's son. I said, yeah, I'm not really looking for another job. <laughs> <laughs> and well, some people to come to the Sugar Bowl and ask if it's a Greek. Oh, well, yeah, I'll assume they were Greek. It's, <laughs> it's not a diner. I said, no, my mother was it's Irish and German. My dad was Italian. So far from Greek. It's a, that's hysterical. That's a great story to get on record. <laughs> See this? This one, one of my customers comes there every day. She's that, been there. Your bracelet, your gold, gold bracelet. bracelet. The gold bracelet. It's her ID bracelet that her uh, husband gave her for her fifteenth anniversary. She's eighty-eight years old. She said it was. And I said, "When was it?" She goes, "Nineteen fifty." I said, "Well, that's the year I was born." She goes, "Then I want you to have it." So she gave it to me, and it has her name on it, and it means more to me than anything. Wow. She's been coming. She still comes there to this day, for sixty years. She She's sits the in older this, not the old, age, she sits the older in this very elegant. She it's lives in Tokyo. Her husband school. died. She sold her house. She moved to Wilton. 
But she drives every day from Wilton to Sugar Bowl. Every day? Every day, except Saturday. I don't know what Saturday is, but Monday, Sunday. Because Saturday morning, there's a lot of daddy with the kids. Yeah. And she gets annoyed. Right. <laughs> so did you know Chip Fisher, the singer? Chipper no, he was Sugar Bowl? Long. Apparently his, his sister lived in Darien for many years. I, I don't know about today, but he, he was working for a company called New Skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he died, he was out in Colorado. I read that. Yeah, for everybody listening, we wanted to play the song Sugar Bowl Rock that was written about the Sugar Bowl, but we were afraid we didn't have the rights and we'd get up, you know, someone would get upset about that. So look it up. It's on Amazon. Very cool song. Mentions Darien by name. And you have it, and you have the, the record yeah. framed on your he went, wall. He was at Dartmouth when he wrote that, when he sang that song. Right. But it was very, what we used to do after every football game, we used to take all the furniture out of the restaurant, and we had a jukebox, and this is very 60s and 70s, and down where the register is, all the cheerleaders were going, and the football players would come in one by one. So we'd treat them all to ice cream sundaes or milkshakes, and this went on for years. Right. That well, is awesome. Where's the jukebox? Why did we get rid of that? You know, they, they, we used to have a cigarette machine, too. Get rid of that, too. We used to have a telephone booth, the old wooden ones. Yep. Bob's mother used to smoke cigarettes in between making tuna salad sandwiches. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she was known for her gold bracelets, her cigarette dangling from her mouth, and her crusty voice. Oh, that's she, awesome. She either loved you or hated you. And in those days, the cops came in every every day. We'd have, you know, 10 or 15 cops. But they were on their legitimate breaks. But the townie people saw this and said, sure, no wonder if this is getting robbed. They're sitting here eating and no one's watching the town. Was there a lot of crime back then? No, but there people's bank <laughs> I can't used imagine. To, right next door to me, people's bank used to be where that uh, bowl place is now. And uh, they got they got robbed, and all the got, all the cops were sitting next door. The bank got robbed. The play the plywood got robbed while they were having lunch. Next door. Oh no! And the cops were all sitting there just yeah, waiting. They, I understand what happened was you're not supposed to push the silent alarm until all the people are out because they don't want people taking hostages. So by the time they did ring it, they were long gone. And the cops were eating your free donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have Chief. That time An- we don't have a donut yet. <laughs> <laughs> we have Chief Anderson on next week. We'll have to ask him if he likes the free donuts at the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. You guys have been such great guests, and I can't tell you how important you are to my family and to this town. Thank you all for all your hard work and your passion for us and for the food you prepare every day. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. You guys are so special. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks a lot.